keep this place is getting tidier and done and we're not exactly in control of the of the pace of it but it's all being done for free so praise the lord that's all right isn't it so uh we got somewhere to meet unpersecuted not covered in snow um so we're very very blessed oh I, you know i i put something found a little picture on facebook a little while ago and it's like i don't know tens of thousands of people were liking this thing and it was of 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 uh, a guy who was evidently the pastor on his knees open bible in a gutter somewhere looked like maybe you know it, it, yeah you know india that that part of the world broadly speaking uh, you know, and he was surrounded by a group of, you would guess, kind of young disciples, all just kneeling and praying in the gutter. So, uh, wow. Church is happening all over the world today in all sorts of circumstances, with and without buildings, with and without leaders, with and without music, with and without, you know, uh, with and without Bibles. Wow. Um, yeah. Trendy saying in our house, you know, first world problems. You know what I mean? The Wi-Fi isn't working. <laughs> the coffee isn't Starbucks, you know. Um, but I, uh, I praise God that his spirit's with us. His name is with us. He is with us. So we've got everything we need. And we've got each other. And not everybody said amen to that. <laughs> because <laughs> I'm leading up to what I'm going to preach on. So, you know, as we start a new venture, it's, it's, a, it's a new community with a, it, you almost have to look at the cohesion of relationships once again when we do a venture like this, don't we? Things adjust and move around and, and uh, as if we haven't had enough change the last two and a half years. There you go. We keep going. Amen. Uh, at least we're not living in Ukraine, so... Um, so here's what I want to speak on this morning. If I speak in the tongues of men and angels, but do not have love, Pentecostals don't always like this because we prefer the tongue talking and the building building and the polishing of, you know, mic stands and, and PA systems and attractional Christianity. And let's be honest, we like that kind of thing to some degree. We, most of us, many of us have probably been in it for decades. And yet here, uh, well, you know the end. Anybody know where I was reading from? Pastor, former pastors and pastors not allowed to say. <laughs> probably a bit of it was read in the funeral, wasn't it? Wasn't it a stunning funeral? Oh, my word, my word. And did you hear what Rachel Hickson said? I'm going off on a rabbit trail, doesn't matter. Be more fun that way. Um, I've only got 10 minutes of content and I've got to make it last half an hour. So no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, completely kidding. But Rachel said on, on, on I think it was Wednesday, that the queen was walking along with one of her ministers, you know, spiritual advisors. And, and she said this, I really hope Jesus comes while I'm still alive. And he said, why? So can you imagine if I could cast my crown before him? <laughs> it's about time as Pentecostals really ended the ridicule of high church and stopped thinking, well, it isn't genuine because it's too full of ritual and robes and, you know. 
there is as many charlatan Pentecostals as there are failures in the high church and vice versa. I've stood around so many kind of uh, men with staffs and robes and you go, I can feel the Holy Spirit more off this guy than off the Pentecostal preachers I've hung around. So God, God help us, amen. It's 1 Corinthians 13, of course, and it ends with, now these three remain, faith, hope, and the most challenging of all, love. But the greatest of these is love. I added a few words into that, you know me, doing the Jared Cooper version. And, it, you know, so back to the beginning again, because we're talking about the greatest attributes that this community here in Kingswood could have. Faith, hope, and love, but the greatest isn't faith. Even though I will preach faith, you know, passionately till the cows come home. And perhaps the greatest challenge for a modern commuter Pentecostal congregation is not faith. You can get that from the information of the word flowing over your heart. By hearing and hearing and hearing, you'll have faith. But the greatest and the greatest challenge, let's be honest, is love. In a fragmented, lonely society, it's love. And what are kings were looking for? Yes, faith that sees the miracle. But what about love that feels community and feels precious in a world when a lot of people feel like dirt they feel precious so back to the beginning if i speak in the tongues of men and angels i'm a good pentecostal but don't have love well i'm just a noise uh, if i have the gift of prophecy okay you're getting some spiritual wisdom going can fathom all mysteries wow you're a good teacher uh, and have faith that can move mountains wow you can tell the testimonies this is challenging isn't it gosh but do not have love I am nothing. What? If I give all I possess to the poor, okay, the generous ones now. Do you know what I mean? The, the, the justice people, the ones that are always on some kind of crusade for something and they're all worthy, so we all feel guilty because they're all, most crusades are good ones, right? Um, if I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship, okay, wow, they're the get up at four in the morning Christians. Do you know them? Did you ever used to feel guilty when people would talk about Wesley getting up at four in the morning to pray? It's because he went to bed about eight o'clock at night because there was no electricity. <laughs> people forget that. You can't go to bed at 11.30 and then wake up at four. That's not what Wesley was doing. Uh, anyway, that's another message. I gain nothing. All these things, okay, to a Pentecostal congregation. We're, we're going in for the tough stuff here. I'm speaking in tongues. Uh, I, I'm moving mountains. It's prophecy and wisdom and inspiration and testimony. There's generous giving to the poor. Isn't it amazing how we can go, I'll do, I do my loving thing. I have a standing order that I forgot about. No, no, the love box is ticked because I give to Columbia Child Care once. How much do you give? You know what? I can't even remember. It's so many years since I adjusted the standing order. So is that really love? Is that enough for us to go, I've ticked the love box? Or is it something more? <laughs> I give over my body to hardship. I'm disciplined. I fast regularly. <laughs> I feast more regularly. <laughs> right? So then... Close your eyes and listen to this, because here, here it goes on. So let's talk about what love is, not what it isn't. Let's talk about what it is, is for a minute. Listen to these words. Is this you? Here's the challenge. Love is grumpy. Sorry, no, have I read it wrong? 
closed, keep your eyes closed. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. Love isn't jealous. Love is not rude. Love is not proud. Love doesn't dishonor other people. Love isn't self-seeking and self-obsessed. Love is not easily angered. Love keeps no record of former wrongs. Love doesn't delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. Love always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. <laughs> Love never fails. Wow. Would you rather I spoke on faith this morning <laughs> and mountain moving? But the greatest is love, so we've got to go for the greatest. How much, however much it challenges the preacher himself, we've got to go for what God says, this is how you build. Yeah. And we're at foundation stage of a whole new era in the life of Kingswood, amen? Yeah. And here's the challenging thing. So if I don't get that, if I don't deal with my rudeness, my grumpiness, my self-seeking, my envy, the way I speak about others, the way I interact with others, how I use my mouth to tear up and build up, tear down, uh, if I don't deal with that, eventually, here's the promise from 1 Corinthians 13. So where there's prophecies, where you have the charismatic thing going, that's going to cease. And every revival of miracles I've ever seen in my life, when love begins to leave the stage, eventually the thing comes tumbling to an awful end. Come on, how many revivals have we seen over the years where, wow, 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 then slowly it becomes lights, camera, action, stage, miracles, prophecy, mysteries, controversies, and love slowly slinks off into the background and you know there's a big fall coming because love will pull the rug from under power when we give up on love. So power without love will end, right? Where there's prophecies, they'll cease. Where there's tongues, strong prayer. Oh, do you know you can have prayer without love? Let's be honest, most of our things that we do can end up culture, not love. Love for God or love for others or love for the community. Or, uh, In fact, sometimes prayer is the very thing that substitutes love. Don't pray for the poor, just go give them something. <laughs> I'm getting lots of amens this morning. I, I like it. With his tongues, they'll be stilled. With his knowledge, it will pass away. Huh. I mean, let's just pause there. I think we've got enough to be going on with. Should we just say, stop preaching now? We'll just spend the next half hour repenting. But here's the thought. Without love, power eventually leaves the church. Without love, prayer eventually becomes empty and clanging. The mountain-moving stories get older and older because the power is shifting away because God says, no, it's faith 
hope and love, and the greatest is love. You need all three. Faith, I believe. Hope, I'm expectant of a good outcome because God is good. And love, I know how to interact with my fellow church member, and I know how to interact with the world around about me. <laughs> I don't know about you, the hardest of all three is love, right? Anybody else get ragged, exhausted, emotionally I heard a great little thing a little while ago about the fact that it is impossible to walk in love in a rush. That's why there's a book by a Japanese theologian called The Four Mile an Hour God. Because God is love, he does not run. He walks. Because it's impossible to love and rush at the same time. So you're late for church this morning. Oh gosh, let's pick on someone. Right. And you're rushing out the house because, you know, someone in the family group isn't ready. Come on. Is there anybody here with four kids? Well, that's not loving, Stuart. Sit there pointing at Ruth. So, but perfect example. Let's pick on the McKinleys. So, so you're rushing and someone's like, when you're in a rush, is that loving you responding to the one who's now making you late? No, it's sarcasm and irritation and, oh, and it's always like this and it keeps no record of wrongs. You've been like this for 10 years, right? And it all starts to come out because it's impossible to rush in love at the same time. God, oh, God is always telling, hankering me, you know, desperate to be further on than I am, like most people in the world, slow down. Somebody said it already this morning, slow down because the pace of love is slow. Love's not rude. Oh, love's patient. Not easily angered. And these are the real challenges to our rushed, after two and a half years of COVID and other things, tired hearts. Because most of us are living in the world that we live in with a great degree of simply compassion fatigue. I cannot take the news of another war, another horror. There are some newspapers I can't, well, I say I can't read. I shouldn't read. I'm trying to cut down my, and then you go, oh, I just flip through them on my apps in the end going, it's just bad news. After bad, the, new, the world is a horrific place. And you end up with this exhaustion over the horror of the world. And yet we must somehow be a castle on a hill that oozes the love of God. We cannot be rushed. We cannot run out of compassion. So what do we do? Well, we've got to get back to the spout where the glory comes out, right? We've got to get back to the place that I need to feel loved so that I can give love. And maybe that's where a lot, of our, a lot of us are at too. We do the Christian thing, but don't. I'll use the shallow, natural way we'd say it. There's probably deeper theological and even sociological ways and psychological ways to put it, but I don't feel loved. That's why my reactions are bad. That's why I vent and get grumpy. That's why I want to do practical things, but I don't want to do people things because I'm wrung out. But heaven still resounds with the words, but the greatest is not mountain-moving faith, but the capacity to love another. I love people. Look at my friendship group. No, 
No, not people just like you that are, you know, left-leaning politicians like you or lean to the right or agree with you on everything. It's how we love those that are least like us, how we love those that really, uh, how we love those that dislike us is the test of our love. Easy to love those who like you, isn't it? Very, very easy. But those that pig you off, now we're just beginning Christ-like love. Loving those who love you is human love. Loving those who hate you, disrespect you, dishonor you, won't listen to you, (laughs) that teenager that won't do what you say, or Ruth who will not get ready on time, one way or the other. Loving those who are being naughty and should know more by her age now. (laughs) Isn't it? That's the challenge. And this is, this is greater and more important. Because have you noticed, I, I, I know, um, <laughs> uh, growing up in Gibraltar, we would get to Morocco quite a lot. And we'd, we'd go off-roading around Morocco in a Citroen 2CV6. You know, one of them, a little, little French green bubble car. can bounce over any field. And we'd head off. And I remember once we got a puncture. And you don't, you see like, you know, two or three people out in the middle of nowhere, a shepherd, you know. And you're literally off-roading, and there's no one, and then you get a puncture. And this actually happened. You get a puncture, and, you know, Dad's fixing the tire, and I'm kind of nine, so watching. But there was nobody around, but within 25 minutes, you got 60 people around the car watching you change the tire. There was something different about another age, and it's true of some countries still, but less and less, is that in a world that is... is Um, is not busy and preoccupied and overwhelmed by what's on their phone and the things that we have to do in the rush, rush, rush. Um, In a world that's not got that, crowds gather easily. Now, some evangelists, I think, would wrongly say, all we need is the right miracle and this community will crack open. I go, well, yes, it can. I absolutely agree it can happen. But really, it is coming from a more Eastern culture to think that, that it's easy to gather a crowd. There are some places in Africa you can go to right now. Been there, done it. You put up a stage, some speakers, have a band. You've got 3,000 people in front of you within an hour. You, can do, you cannot do that in the middle of Kingswood. So, so, so faith can draw a crowd. Just any activity in certain cultures can still draw a crowd if the, if the culture is not saturated with other distractions. But we're in a different world now. I, I personally believe it's the high standard of love that draws a crowd in a modern culture. In a lonely, disconnected world, the miracle they need is love and arms around and provision and kindness kindness and care. Those sort of miracles are the glue ones, the magnetic ones that draw people. Actually, in our modern world with its Greek background in thinking, miracles can be the most repellent thing except for the one that got healed. All the others are going, ah, I don't believe it. It's amazing. I mean, the amount of people that have been healed that do not turn to Christ. I just find it amazing. God just healed you. Yeah, probably psychosomatic, you know. God's so kind, he'll still do it because he's love. But I I do believe on top of our faith and hope culture, hope, come on, there's something good. There's a buzz in the room. Faith, a God that moves mountains. He'll help pay for your debts and he'll heal your body. There has to be a dynamic of love, which is I can look you in the eye and show you love and show you kindness and give you time 
and not be taken up like the world is in things. It's, a, it's cultural. It's made, Zach, most of you will know, just move schools. You're right, son, you look shocked then. I'm going to talk about you now. <laughs> so I remember, you know, he was over at South Hunsley School. And it's funny, because like, I don't know, what is it, Darren? Two and a half thousand kids, 2,000, nearly, not quite that, I think. But it's a big school, right? And again, it's culture. All the kids, where's my phone? All, all the kids walk to school like this, South Hunsley. Do you know what I mean? And they go, and then, and then even, even the latecomers, they're late and they're still, you know, like this, like that. Now, oh, oh, there was a kid on his bike yesterday riding through town, no hands on handlebars, texting. <laughs> and he shifts school. And now I don't know why, and I, you know, I'm not saying it's something in the water or anything like that, but what is it that means you hardly ever see, to his new school, 800 kids, you hardly ever see a kid looking at his phone on the way to school. Some things just kind of echo culturally through groups. Do you know what I mean? Tiny things like that, that may be, may be something and maybe they're nothing. I'm not trying to make more of it than it is, it just... That is most, it's the same with most adults walking around town, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? That is the world. Maybe they picked it up from, from us, the parent generation. Not the grandparent generation, because they still don't know what a phone is. You know, oh, how do I do this? Sorry. <laughs> maybe, it, maybe it's more my generation, showing them that that's what you do. But culture adjusts. It's something that we can, we, we consciously decide to change how we behave and the behavior opens the gate for something new to happen so a behavior as simple as i put down my phone i don't give in to my to my you know that that leaning to be addictively obsessed what is it they say your average person touches their phone a couple of thousand times a day as i heard one preacher put imagine if god touched your heart that many times every day but while we're distracted and distracted, again, we've heard it this morning, excellent this morning. We've heard it again, Mary um, sitting down, undistracted at the feet of Jesus, while Martha goes, but there's all these things that have to be done. Have to be? Have to be? And we've got to really challenge the have to be's that actually erode the greatest attribute is not that the seats are all in a row. In fact, this chapter begins in some versions of now I will show you the most excellent way. Excellence is not seats in rows. But of course, everybody that turns up has to be accepting of that as much as the leaders that are going, we're trying to make this comfortable for everybody. So there's the challenge that what are the have to's? The have to's is love. So maybe if somehow we found the equivalent of putting down our phones and looking each other in the eye and having human connections, something powerful would happen among us. Now, this is really important, so I'm gonna twist this right back round to why we, I haven't got a clock here, right, here we go, to why we need to do this. Listen to this scripture, let me change my. What happens if we don't love is we miss the miracles of God. So it comes back to the same thing. It's just the route through to miracles isn't just faith. It's faith, hope, and love. And actually the greatest is still love. <laughs> when, um, when 
when I was in Bible school, 20 years old, and really, do you, do, you, do you know in life when you feel a bit bankrupt over some areas, you know the account's dry, I need something. Anybody need something from God today? Yeah, two of us, all right. Um, I, I was there sitting in Bible school, it was, a, it was a Tuesday evening meeting, I vividly remember it, and, and Colin Urquhart was preaching, that's who I worked for, and, and um, uh, I zoned out of what he was saying, and uh, God just spoke to me, and he just used these words. He says, your Jonathan is coming soon. And I'm like, wow, okay. It, it, it interrupted me. Just those words, your Jonathan is coming soon. What does that mean? The next day, I'm walking through the corridor of the Bible school, and a man whose name is not Jonathan walked up to me and said, God's told me to be your Jonathan. And this was a very prophetic guy, and he essentially was the provision for the bankruptcy in my soul. He mentored me. We went around the world. We met and prophesied over royalty together. We were chased by men with guns in Zimbabwe together. We had adventures. And he taught me and he slapped me around the back of the head. And he got me preaching, not just leading worship. And he developed me. Have you ever thought that most of the answers to your prayers are going to come through people? Most of the answers, I would say perhaps 99% of the answers to your prayer are going to come through people. So if you're no good with people, you will live a bankrupt life. Because you can pray the prayer, but don't know how to receive from imperfect others. Because Brian wasn't perfect, still isn't, still is a great friend, mighty man of God. But none of us is perfect. And this is why if we cannot love in the journey we are on, eventually we become bankrupt and the prophecies cease and the provision ends because uh, faith on its own, sticking your head in a corner and praying in tongues is not enough. Our human relationships matter. This is the most excellent way is to know how to be with each other because we are a sacrament to each other. We are a means of finding grace. The Bible says even just our conversation... Oh, come on, you ever been down and just one coffee with the right person can put you in hell? Yeah, you were expecting the other way, weren't you? But you can have a conversation with another person. You kind of, with the wrong person, like, well, I'm worse off than when I started. You know, I mean, some people say, be yourself. Well, not if you're a miserable git. Be someone else. So we can give each other hell. Still go to church and sing the songs, but give each other hell. Or we can sit over a coffee and go, you know what, I'm bigger, I'm broader, I f human language, I feel the love of God again. I feel like I'm all right. Because of a coffee, you found the grace of God. As much as a moment of communion, which is a profound sacrament, as much as all the other sacraments, sitting with the right friend who has learnt love can literally release the grace of God to you. We sometimes think in our charismatic thing, grace of God comes through. Well, it's only revelation from a sermon or reading my Bible. Or somehow I'm at the front of a meeting kneeling down and my eyes are streaming and I met God and I shook. No, some of the biggest plonkers I know shake and cry. But love, if we develop it, will create something miraculous. And so here we go, you know, Jesus, Mark 6, 
1 to 6. Just listen if you want. You're probably going to know it. I preach on this kind of stuff quite a bit. Jesus went to his hometown. <clears throat> You're all in your hometown. So this is a lesson for us, right? This, this is, everybody say, this is going to teach me something. And then look at the person next to you and say, of how I need to see you. Jesus went to his hometown accompanied by his disciples. When Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things, they asked. What's his wisdom that's been given him? What are these remarkable miracles he's performing? Isn't this the carpenter? They start to humanize. It's funny. The first half of the sentence sounded really good. Wow, wow, wow is the kind of, you know, the Greek version of what they were saying. But then, and isn't this what we do? Boy, love is not envious. <laughs> isn't this the carpenter isn't this Mary's son and his brother James Joseph Judas and Simon aren't his sisters here with us and they took offense he was not doing a thing wrong and he took offense <laughs> they took offense at him Jesus said to them a prophet remember without love prophecies cease the power of God is like electricity and some of us are like steel and some of us are like wood. I want you to realize you can be the one making your own life dull by your eyesight. People who understand faith, hope and love touch another in God and the sacrament of grace begins to operate. But as soon as you obsess, we can go wow one minute and then be offended the next, right? They didn't, they didn't text me back on time. They ignored me, whatever. They took offense. And Jesus said, a prophet's not without honor except in his own town. This is where it's hardest, right? Local church. That's why the best thing to do, Andrew, is itinerant ministry, right? Yeah, when nobody knows you, they all think you do miracles every day. It's the, it's the easiest place. He could not. Oh, a prophet's not without honor except in his hometown, among his relatives, in his own home. He could not do any miracles there. He, the son of God, not did not, not would not, could not. Wow. He couldn't do any miracles there. I mean, it's still probably a good meeting by our standards, except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. <laughs> we would have been happy with that, but come on. He was amazed, look at this, at their lack of faith. See how love and faith operate together? He was amazed at their lack of faith, and then Jesus went off teaching village to village. They took offense at him. Listen to this for a moment. The word there for offense is scandalizo. Isn't that a good word? Everybody say scandalizo. Come on, tell the person next to you, don't scandalizo me. Don't you dare scandalizo me. And this is what scandalizo me. And this is what the people did. Remember, Jesus is going from place to place and he's having what we go, mighty revivals. Miracles pinging out, dead being raised, demons leaving, awesome stuff, transformational. Then he gets to his hometown, ready to do the same thing. And they go, wow, wow, wow. Then they scandalizoed him. Now, this is the picture in the original ancient language of what scandalizo means. Scandalizo is this, to take a rock, throw it in your own path and trip over it. 
So I'm about to grasp the miracle from Jesus' hand. I'm about to touch the edge of his robe. I'm about to see something mighty happen in it. Wow, 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 wow. Ooh, take offense. I throw a rock in my own path, trip over and miss the blessing. They tripped over offense and missed the thing, the sacrament of grace that was available to them. This is why we're bankrupt if we don't see properly. <laughs> Remember when Adam and Eve fell and, 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 and the devil said, oh, no, 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 be, be all right, eat, eat of the banana. I'm just going to change it because it wasn't an apple anyway, so let's call it anything. Eat the banana split. It won't harm you. It will open your eyes. You know when people sing, open the eyes of my heart, Lord? You really don't want that. You need them. You need to learn. We need to write a song about squinting. Because actually their eyes were open. That's when fear and shame came into the world. That's when judgment and envy, the love began to go. They end up away from God, hiding from the blessings of God. Essentially, they lived in a scandalizo state, missing the blessings of God. Why? Not because their eyes were too closed, but because their eyes were too opened. You and I, oh, they, they learned to judge what is good and evil. Judgment was the issue. Love is patient, love is kind, love's not rude, love's not easily angered. Judgment! And of course, especially if we find something in someone else against Scripture, then we have a right to judge and put it on Twitter. But all the time, it's stealing the very power from this incredible relationship, this incredible community that God has put together. Huh. When, so, so we need to learn to squint. So, yes, you're a man of God. Yes, you're a woman of God. Yes, you could. I mean, I, I could go back over, but I'm running out of time, of the stories of our kids praying for the sick and seeing them healed. You know, because kids haven't learned to judge yet. But as we get older, we scandalizo each other. And here's the thing, that demonizes our community. Jesus said to Peter... Get behind me, Satan. You have in mind the things of man, not God. Listen to that carefully. Get behind me, Satan. Demons. You have in mind the things of man. In order to destroy a church and make it powerless, you don't have to give people pitchforks and horns. You just have to humanize them. We just relate to each other as it's just Keith. It's just Jenny. It's just Nicola. It's just Linda. And when our eyes are wide open to everything that's wrong with each other, the prophecies cease. The power of God stops moving. And we just become a human activity that sings songs and thinks that Jesus is wonderful, but each other, not so much. But a divine community looks at each other and says this, I know no man after the flesh. In other words, I'm going to find out what bit of you is Christ, and I'm going to relate to that, because in that I'm going to find grace that hits my life. I'm going to find my own bankruptcy is solved by not focusing on the fact that, okay, you're not so good at this, or not so clever, or not so good at that, or you've got, hey, anybody in this room not got areas of failure other than me? That was a joke. 
Imagine if we could see each other like Christ does. Instead of looking at each other in the hurly-burly stress of life, throwing rocks into our own path and doing something that looks like a divine community, but actually it talks of things that no longer happen because everything's ceased because true love has gone. Isn't it challenging? How we see each other, how we treat each other, how we speak to each other. It's so, so powerful. So, as my first message in the Kingswood campus, I would say faith, yes. Hope, good days ahead, yes. But love, 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 like, patient, enjoy, manners, kindness, embracing, time, the whole thing has to go slow to retain a slow enough pace to love each other. Are we in a rush to fill the building? No. All that's up to God. Let's be building true family with something powerful can happen. And that takes time in a commuter world. Some of you live half an hour from this building. It takes time to build true depth, doesn't it? But as we end this morning, I'm going to pray, God, would you grace us for a higher level of love than ever before? Does that sound good? Come on, let's stand in this place. And let's pray together. Jesus, close your eyes. Listen again. And instead of a condemnation, take it as this is what the grace of God is available to do in every one of us. Because let's be honest, some of us are better at this than others. And that's just the wiring. It's not sin. It's just some of us are more people people. Some of us are more things people. But the grace of God and love is for all of us. Love is patient. Come on, as I pray, then why don't you whisper your prayers to God? Come on, God, help me be patient with that, with that child, with that husband, with church, with my home group leader, whatever, with my boss at work. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love doesn't envy. Love doesn't boast. It's not proud. Love's not rude. Love doesn't dishonor others. It's not self-seeking, not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love doesn't delight in evil, doesn't get taken up with the headlines in the papers, but rejoices instead with truth, meditates on the goodness of God and healthy things and beautiful things. Love always protects. We protect each other, always trusts. We're going to trust each other, even when it's thin at times. We're going to try and keep going. Always hopes, always perseveres, never fails. Lord, so that the prophecies may increase, the mountain moving may increase. The wisdom and knowledge may increase. The tongues and prayer may increase. God, help us to see each other well, that we would go from glory to glory. In Jesus' name. Why don't you just pray? Just pray. Just let it go for a minute. Come on, praying church. Just a two-minute blast that God would build his church here on Kingswood. People would be reached. We would be a community of love. Love, love, love.